0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker.
1: Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant. I really appreciate you tuning into the program. And today we have an excellent program on tap for you. I'd like to welcome Mr. David Wiley, President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and Karen Honholt, Chief Development and Communications Officer, again with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David and Karen, welcome to Senior Care Live. It's good to be here today. All right. So I, I tell you, what, I'm a little bit fired up today, and I'm really glad that we're going to be breaking this down. Uh, and uh, so for our listeners in December, so that's December of 2022, The New Yorker published an article about how, in their words, hospice became, quote, a $22 billion industry plagued by exploitation. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're going to set the record straight today. So for families who have had a different experience with hospice care, this was very upsetting. And for those in the healthcare field, including nonprofit hospice providers, such as Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, the article was contested as just not providing a full picture of the range of hospice providers in the United States. So David, I'd like to start off today by asking you, you to share with listeners some information about the state of nonprofit hospice care. Sure, Steve. I'm happy to. You know, the digital version of the article is titled "How
2: Hospice Became a For-Profit Hustle," and um, it focuses on uh, multiple instances of fraud uh, by taking advantage um, of the Medicare hospice benefit, and it it highlights you know um, how patient care can can. Can suffer, And so I think it's an important topic. You know, based on 2020 uh, Medicare claims data, there are more than 5,000 Medicare-certified hospices nationally. Uh, just 24% of them or about 1,200 of them are nonprofit and um, <clears throat> the rest are for-profit, um, which that has been increasing dramatically um, in the most recent years uh, as a result of acquisitions and also an influx of private equity dollars. Uh, within our state, which is Missouri, um, we have 105 uh, Medicare-certified hospices, and just about 25 or 25 of them
1: are uh, nonprofit. Okay, all right, and and so I would just like to share with our listening audience. So we're going to be talking about some specific things with Kansas City Hospice. So obviously here in the in the Kansas in in the Missouri area in the KC Metro area. So we're going to be talking about this, but just keep in mind uh, for profit versus not for profit hospice providers in your area, and then we're going to break that down a little bit more uh, here in a little bit. But uh, so David, what does uh, what does being a non profit hospice mean as compared to a for profit hospice provider?
2: You know, operationally in healthcare in general, or for any industry, being a non profit means that your fiduciary responsibility is to your beneficiaries, your clients, the community, or the people uh, who directly benefit from your services, you know, rather than uh, an owner or a shareholder, um, as in this case, uh, a for profit or privatized industry. Uh, private corporations have a legal responsibility to distribute their profit margins among their shareholders. Uh, or owners, uh, nonprofits still aim uh, to make <clears throat> an operational profit. You know, it's key that that nonprofits are financially stable and sustainable. But the difference is, is that nonprofits invest those same profits back into their other programs or services uh, to serve clients and the community. You know, the other key difference between a, a for-profit and a nonprofit hospice or or healthcare, for that matter, is really, you know, a mission focus. Uh, nonprofits are, are governed. Uh, in the decision-making by a dedication to mission-based work. For example, our mission at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care is to bring expert care, peace of mind, comfort, guidance, and hope to people affected by serious illness or by
0: grief.
1: You know, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, all businesses have to be operationally stable uh, in in the financial side of things. Absolutely. It comes down to then what do you do with the profits? Right. Reinvest, reinvest it back into the nonprofit organization to further the mission or distribute to shareholders. I mean, that, that's the big dividing point to me, I, the, as I can see it.
2: I think so. And I, I think our approach in terms of uh, various aspects of how we staff and those kind of things we'll get into. But uh, that's a big factor as well.
1: OK, so how does that distinction impact the care that people receive and lead to some of the concerning scenarios described in that article?
2: You know, again, it's the decision making um for a for-profit hospice and and the way in which they deliver programming, um, you know, is guided by a goal and, you know, a legal obligation to maximize profits for shareholders. You know, typical business tactics uh, to achieving that include, you know, minimizing expenses and selectively serving only patients whom you believe will be profitable. Um, That's, Typically referred to as cherry picking. I uh, hate
1: it when I hear about cherry picking, and I hear about it all the time. Frankly,
2: yeah, it, it does. It, it happens, and you know we're a legacy hospice. We've been serving patients since 1980, and um, you know our reputation uh, means that we are high quality, and we can take care of very sick sick people. But the impacts mm-hmm. of this are, um, you know, patients without a financial payer like private insurance, Medicare, or uh, finances on their own, they're left without care. Uh, patients with complex needs are denied because it's determined to be too costly. And for-profit for hospice providers, they, they may refuse care due to this complexity of need, whether medical, um, like comorbidities or those facing both medical and socioeconomic challenges. Um, and that happens all the time when, you know, social workers call and they they, they explain this to us or discharge planner, they, they explain this to us and um, they know that we'll say yes no matter what. OK,
1: that that's excellent.
2: Services that uh, can improve comfort quality of life or enrich a serious ill person's life sometimes are eliminated from programming to ensure that the, the Medicare hospice per diem reimbursement exceeds the cost to provide care. And then, of course, support to family members, including grief support, uh, are sometimes minim- minimized. And we know that because a lot of hospices refer their folks to us to take care of uh, in that grief situation. Mm. Nonprofit providers driven by a mission ensure care is provided to all who need it regardless of their ability to pay or complexity of care. And nonprofits like Kansas City Hospice prioritize programming we know to have a positive impact on patients and their families And these programs might include patient or family support or even extensive grief programs that go well above and beyond the
1: minimum regulatory requirements. Okay, So can you tell us more about that and what are some of the unique things that Kansas City Hospice is able to provide as a nonprofit? You know, when we focus on our mission, we prioritize patient comfort
2: and quality of life Overprofits. This means that we provide patient and family services even when the hospice reimbursement doesn't cover the full cost of the services. Generally speaking, this translates into more comprehensive and whole-person care for the patient, which better meets their physical, emotional, spiritual, social, and mental health needs. It also includes a more comprehensive support of the patient's family, both during the course of hospice care and in grief support services provided following the loved one's death. We offer a variety of expressive therapies, art and music therapy, uh, which can really help patients express themselves and and cope with emotional effects of their diagnosis. Expressive therapy can also help patients and their family members communicate and bond. We also offer pet therapy, which has been shown to to offer comfort, increase joy and socialization, uh, decrease feelings of loneliness or depression, diminish pain, and release endorphins, which have a calming effect. We're proud to be uh, unique in our metro area as accredited by the National Association of Jewish Hospice and as a We Honor Veterans Level 4 partner. We also offer two inpatient units, which uh, these are hospice centers, which um, uh, it would be very, very rare that a for-profit would take that endeavor on because of the investment required to uh, make that happen. Enhancing our care for these uh, specific populations further, we place a priority on on ongoing staff training and cultural competencies, um, trauma-informed care, soul injury, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and other topics ensuring that the, the best possible care for patients is provided.
1: That is excellent. So if you have a, a, a case manager and uh, the case manager is like, you know, we need to uh, connect this family, this patient, to a hospice provider, yeah, we're, what we're t- talking about today is to set the record straight and really correct this uh, this frankly uh, damaging uh, article in the New Yorker, and it just it paints all hospice uh, providers in kind of the same light. And uh, I think, as as you can see, David reviewed a lot of information that there you cannot compare the two, and you should not compare the two. And David, unfortunately, it only takes a few bad apples to kind of spoil the barrel, so to speak. Absolutely. So. So, all right, if you'd like to reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, here's the phone number, 816 363 2600. You can also go online. It, there's a wealth of information at the website, kchospice.org. Now, let's not forget about the Senior Care Live question of the week. What are the different ways a hospice provider receives reimbursement for the health care they provide? A, private insurance b medicare and medicaid c self-pay out of pocket d care provided without payment or e
0: all of the above what do you think you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network for more information visit seniorcarelive.com we'll have more with steve coming up next
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. What are the different ways a hospice provider receives reimbursement for the health care they provide? A, private insurance. B, Medicare and Medicaid. C, self-pay out of pocket. D, care provided without payment, or E, all of the above? And the answer is E, all of the above. And While many providers may refuse care to patients who do not have a payor source or personal financial means to afford the care, Nonprofit hospice providers typically provide care to those without financial resources and the ability to pay. And I'll tell you what—we're going to talk you know, specifically about how Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care uh, addresses that. You're going to be <laughs> really impressed <laughs> with uh, with that. But uh, with that, would like to uh, reintroduce uh, David Wiley and Karen Honholt, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and today we're. We are talking about uh, an, an article in The New Yorker, and it, it just really kind of shed, a, I think, a really negative light or a cloud over all of hospice. And I'm really glad that we're breaking this down and and then giving you, the listeners, tools to determine which way you want to go on that. And, David, before the break, you were sharing some of the ways that Kansas City Hospice, as a nonprofit hospice provider, is able to enhance care for patients and their families. And it really begs the question, does being a nonprofit mean that you are not able to provide the same level or quality of care uh, that a for-profit organization provides?
2: You know, Steve, it's, it's quite the opposite. You know, we pride ourselves, as, as many other nonprofits do, on providing the highest quality of care available in the market. In fact, according to the National Partnership for Hospice and Healthcare Innovation, which is a member organization of nonprofits nationally... Uh, Nonprofit hospices provide patients with 10% more nursing visits, 35% more social worker visits, and two times as many therapy visits versus for-profit hospices on a per-patient basis.
1: That is objective, just absolute objective data, and you you just can't even argue with that. that. That just proves the point.
2: You know, I think it's important. And uh, actually, on on February twenty seventh of twenty twenty three, the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, JAMA they published an article regarding um, a cross sectional study of six hundred and fifty thousand surveys. These are hospice surveys uh, from more than thirty one hundred hospices, um, and these are these are uh, surveys of caregivers um, of patients that were receiving hospice care and it reported that substantially uh, about worse care experiences in for-profit than in non-for-profit hospices. And and those who received care from for-profit chains reported the worst care experiences
1: according to the researchers. And so that is a legitimate, the journal, uh, the JAMA, basically, right? That, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know uh, that is, so this isn't a fly-by-night article in a fly-by-night journal. And it's, they didn't go out and talk to 10 or 20 people, 650,000 surveys. That is substantial. It really is. And, you know, uh, as a nonprofit, uh, we do this
2: because we prioritize patient care over profit margins. And you know, I'm not trying to say that every for-profit hospice, you know, provides bad care. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, these some, these numbers really speak for what's going on when you're making these the, these prior, prioritizations. Um, and you know, that's that's research. I, I think thinking back to the, that New Yorker article, one point that was missed is that families a- absolutely have a choice when it comes to hospice care. And what's unfortunate is that not all providers give an equal standard of care. So it's important to
1: research and compare options. All right. There's no doubt about that. So what are some of the ways that our listeners can do just that? And and what should they be looking for when comparing options?
2: You know, first of all, Consumer Report advises uh, families to look for the top indicators of of a good hospice, uh, nonprofit status, certification by Medicare, and a long record of services. And um, in December of 2022, uh, the National Association of Home Care and Hospice and the Center for Medicare Advocacy announced a new hospice resource with questions consumers um, should ask to find uh, a good hospice. And uh, we have uh, a link or um, a website, medicareadvocacy.org. You know, from my perspective, there's some key questions uh, for which nonprofit providers will stand out. Among others, um, I think asking about staffing ratios, how many um, patients does one nurse take care of, what is your expected response time in a 24-7 situation or in the middle of the night, and also, do you have dedicated after-hours staffing? I think um, you know, making sure that your, your daytime team um, can focus during the day and having a, a dedicated team, those are some things that, that we do at Kansas City Hospice that really make a difference for us. Um, I think also inquiring if the hospice offers any additional services beyond what's required by Medicare. Does the hospice have a mission statement that they're willing to share? Do they have any particular philosophy about the type of individuals it won't serve? Um, And how how does the hospice honor the unique needs of specific populations? For example, LGBTQ, um, Black Americans, Jewish, Asian, Hispanic veterans, uh, etc. You know, and are the staff available who have education and training and caring for individuals and families of specific populations? So I I always encourage families to ask questions. Um, you know, about the provider's values. Um, there should always be informed choice in care. Uh, where the care can be received, um, the types of uh, locations available to to provide care. We talked earlier about inpatient units, you know, if things get very difficult and the symptoms are unable to be managed in the home, is there a seamless way to transition to um, uh, an an important place? So, you know, the the guide has several specific questions that uh, aim to, to take care of that.
1: Okay, wow, that was that was a lot. <laughs> so uh, again, so if you're listening to the program, you might be out in Santa Barbara, California, you may be up in the Washington DC area, uh, you know, down in Florida, Texas, uh, Sheridan, Wyoming, Nebraska, all over the place, okay? A- anywhere in the country. This information is for you. And uh, what I've done is is if if you want to uh, click on some links and educate yourself and get familiar with uh, you know with some of this information. Uh, just just go to SeniorCareLive.com. You could also go to KCHospice.org and uh, find this information as well. But if you go to SeniorCareLive.com, just go to Partner Sponsors and then find uh, KC Hospice right there. And... I made these links available for you. So all you got to do is click it and uh, and get your information there. Uh, and again, if you have a question for David or Karen or anyone with Kansas City Hospice and palliative care, uh, that phone number is, again, is 816-363-2600, 816-363-2600, or again online at Hospice. And coming up next, I'm going to visit with Karen Honholt, Chief Development and Communications Officer with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care.
0: You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. Stick around. We'll have more with Steve coming up next.
1: back you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network for podcasts of the program go to seniorcarelive.com or wherever you get your podcasts all right so going to welcome again karen honholt she's the chief development and communications officer for Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care uh, to the conversation to discuss more about what sets nonprofit hospice providers apart and how they're able to achieve so much in the care that they provide and all of this is really addressing uh, an article that was you know pretty negative trying to shed a negative light on all of hospice so I'm I'm so glad that we are really kind of uh, setting the record straight today and, and Karen uh, is there anything that you'd like to add to what David has already shared about the distinct things a nonprofit like Kansas City Hospice is able to do?
3: Yeah, thank you for that question. So we um, one of the things that I think is important and that most nonprofit hospices are is uh, local. We're right here in Kansas City. Um, our um, our workers, our our board of directors um, are live right next door to our our, you know, patients and families that we're serving throughout the community. And I think that's really important because um, we're committed to caring for, you know, Um, our own community. We're invested in our own community. And um, one of the other ways that being local adds another layer of distinction um, to the way in which we're able to provide care is it allows us to respond to the unique um, changing and emerging needs of this community. So what's happening right here in this community as other nonprofits in their own communities um, can respond and, and quickly um, respond to things um, that are happening, you know in their own community. Um, one of the other things is we're able to use our own patient outcome and family satisfaction data to identify opportunities for improvement and put some action behind it. So um, some of those who are um, maybe uh, for-profit across the country, um, you know they're uh, not looking at, Um, necessarily uh, their data in quite the same way we are. We're looking at uh, what's happening right here um, with our own patients. also, uh, being led uh, locally, led operated by a leadership team and a volunteer board of directors who live right here in Kansas City, that allows us to achieve some um, some significant progress over the years. Our family and caregiver experience um, surveys show Kansas City Hospice meeting or exceeding the national average in the majority of major points, um, six out of eight, with eighty-eight percent willing to recommend this hospice, which is a higher percentage than the national and Missouri average uh, for Medicare patient care measures, Kansas City Hospice rated higher than national average on all three quality measure points. And we've also seen a reduction in staff turnover to below the national average in most disciplines, which we know positively impacts the patient experience. So David mentioned uh, the importance of choice in hospice care. And one of the ways Kansas City Hospice prioritizes choice in care is by providing a greater range of options in the level of involvement some disciplines have in a patient's care. Um, So disciplines that are often marginalized in for-profit care, um, those might include social work. Uh, physical and occupational therapy, chaplain care, grief support. Those are the services that are prioritized by a nonprofit like Kansas City Hospice alongside the disciplines that are focused on physical symptoms of serious illness. So ho- hospice is about the whole patient and the whole family. And um, and we can really pull all of those pieces together. Um, if there's a desire by the patient for a higher frequency of visits by the hospice and chaplain, for example, to address unresolved family conflict, personal regret, things like that, um, or a recognized benefit by the social worker for the support of a grief support specialist to provide anticipatory grief um, earlier in the course of care, Kansas City Hospice um, can can accommodate those needs um, as they arise with our patients. Uh, in 2019, a study uh, commissioned by the National Partnership for Healthcare and Hospice Innov- Innovation that David mentioned earlier, NPHI, um, that showed that nonprofit hospices provided patients with thirty five percent more social worker visits. And in the same study, for for-profit hospices reported spending less than half of what nonprofit hospices report spending on bereavement services. So um, we're really putting that, um, you know what's best for the patient, the best pa- that's the things that are going to get the best patient outcomes um, first and foremost.
1: Okay, and so I, I just I love that this is not just an opinion so here we have all of these facts all of these measurables and and, and so it, again it's not a subjective opinion this opinion is backed up by facts measurable data from all of these different, very credible sources, uh, and, and 650,000 surveys, it just, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So uh, I just, I, I love this. Uh, uh, Karen, it, this leads me to ask, how are you able to do it all? And, you know, what, aside from the mission and the desire, makes providing such extensive and high-quality care even possible?
3: Well, um, I think, uh, first of all, it, it really starts with our own people. So um, our staff, um, for example, really work to maximize their productivity and efficiencies. Um, we minimize costs as much as possible, always with the goal of um, not impacting our patient care. So um, we're always looking at cost, but patient care comes first. And um, we have a strong leadership uh, team, a, a dedicated workforce. I'm very proud. Um, to work with some of the best um, the best people in Kansas City, um, and I think in the, in the healthcare field um, because they really really care about what they do and know that you know it's those efficiencies that get us um, get us through and, and help us to make the best decisions. And um, you know we've been doing this for forty three years, so we've got some dedicated staff on board. Um, the other thing that that we're really strong um, in is our the commitment of our volunteers, and so um, that's really instrumental to our success. Uh, and it's often the mechanism. Through which we're able to provide enhanced services. So we offer things like pet uh, pet therapy, memory projects. We have a pro- program called Lasting Conversations It helps to record um, uh, life stories or other mm. things that a patient on service might want to um, share and leave with their loved ones. Um, we offer peer support group, peer grief support groups, and uh, grief camps. Uh, we have veterans programs, um, including we're level four. We honor veterans uh, program, which is a national um, certification, um, and uh, we also um, have introduced um, kind of a, a homegrown um, similar program called Celebration of Life, and so. Um, one of the things that We Honor Veterans does is it really pulls together um, or really honors the, the lives of veterans, and we do that for for everyone on service. We do offer that um, to them. We've called that Celebration of Life. Uh, so those are just a few of the things um, we're able to do with our volunteers. And um, I think number the third um, thing that I would say is, We're really able to do this work because of the generosity of our community and our supporters. Um, Philanthropy allows nonprofits um, such as Kansas City Hospice the the ability to prioritize our mission-based work. Um, We don't have to risk our financial sustainability, our stability, um, uh, because we have people right there uh, supporting us and really supporting the patients and the families that we serve is is what it comes down to. So our donors, um, our event volunteers, foundations and other grant funders. Um, We have corporate uh, sponsors, business partners. All of them are invested um, in Kansas City Hospice, um, which really means they're invested in the community and ensuring that, um, you know, the people that need our help are able to, to get that.
1: So it sounds like philanthropic support helps nonprofits respond to identified needs among their patients and families. So how do you identify those needs and adapt to them? And can you give some examples of how that is played out at Kansas City Hospice?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I mentioned earlier our uh, social work team that we have. Um, that's a, a discipline that is on on every um, team. Um, every care team is a social worker, and they help to identify, you know, some of the patients that might be struggling a little bit more um, with things. They'll look at the um, their their um, you know the, the basic needs that they might have. Um, those could be things like. Food, um, housing, personal hygiene—whether um, they have uh, house, the the right household items—and um, um, and if they they see an issue, um, a lot of times, you know, we will work with uh, and refer to community resources, and um, and often um, they will work with. Uh, we have an, actually a fund that was established uh, in 2018 called the B Haley Fund for Patient Assistance um, that we can offer that. Um, assistance as well for basic needs, which is very much the basic needs, which is very much, you know, things like food are um, people that go into the home, um, they're the eyes and ears, and um, they often see things that the patient might have um, not realized is a big issue or that their physician might not know if they're not, you know, seeing them or if they're seeing them in the office. And um, and so they're able to identify those and, and get them the help that they need.
1: And that's that that's that mm-hmm. extra layer of care uh, and extra really just way above and beyond that. This is not required uh, for licensure as a hospice provider. And then the other thing uh, through all of the uh, fundraising throughout the year is that uh, Kansas City Hospice provides over five hundred thousand dollars in uncompensated care to individuals without the resources to pay. So uh, again, if you're listening to this program and you're not from the kansas city area uh, i would uh, strongly encourage you to uh, reach out to a nonprofit hospice provider in your area and just find out if if they are doing some of the things that we're sharing with you uh here at uh, from uh, the great folks at kansas city hospice in palliative care and hang on don't go away we have even more information to share with you
0: You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit seniorcarelive.com. We're visiting today with David Wiley and Karen Honholt, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And we're talking today about for profit versus not for profit hospice providers. And, uh, and and a, frankly a, a pretty negative article written in The New Yorker uh, last December, so we're, we're really setting the record straight. And look, it's not to say that all for-profit hospice providers uh, do a terrible job. It, we're, we're not saying that. There are always a few bad apples though <laughs> that, that kind of that kind of really ruin it for everyone uh, and and so uh, but look I'll, I'll just say it the overwhelming data and facts claim and show and prove that the better service, the better care, the better everything is provided by nonprofit providers. And as we mentioned earlier, David, I don't remember my exact uh, uh, numbers, but somewhere 20-25% of hospice providers are, are nonprofits. So uh, it is a, a small group, but providing really the best care. For sure, yeah, and many
2: legacy hospices that have been doing this since the late '70s and early '80s, so very experienced at what they do.
1: Yeah, excellent, excellent. Uh, and and Karen, so we we talked uh, in the previous segment about uh, philanthropic uh, efforts, and and we and I know that Kansas City Hospice does a lot of uh, fundraising, and we have the B, the B Haley Fund for patient assistance. So a caregiver goes into someone's home, and they may see the need for just personal hygiene items or maybe some, some food in, in the pantry or something just basic like that, and, and you cover that. That is not required for hospice licensure, I'm sure.
3: No, it is absolutely not, <laughs> um, but we're very proud and, and honored to be able to do that, and it's thanks to our donors that we can do that.
1: That is excellent. It's, it's, just, it's just another example of going above and beyond. And then, Karen, what about the Vincent A. Stone Street Family Fund?
3: Yeah. So uh, this was established last year. Um, we were honored to um, be able to care for uh, Mr. Stone Street, uh, who is the father of actor Eric Stone Street. Um, and um, when um, they were looking for hospice care in Kansas City, um, you know, they looked at it, uh, what was available, um, at both for profit and nonprofit, yeah. and, um, and and believed Kansas City Hospice. Um, was uh, the place that he needed to be, and they were so impressed and, and um, happy with the care um, that he and they received, um, that um, you know they they came back to us and and said and and I can remember um, Eric actually saying, you know we you know we have a lot of resources and we're really able to um, choose what we believe to be the best. Um, but what happens when um, people don't have the resources? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we were able to say um, it's because of our donors. So um, we will not turn anybody away because they don't have resources to pay. And um, so we had some more conversation about that. And then they, as a family, established um, the Vincent A. Stone Street Fund uh, Family Fund. And really, um, what they chose to focus on is our Carousel Pediatric Care. Um, so we have a program that provides home health and hospice um, to pediatric, um, really pre-birth all the way through late teens. And, um, and so they established this fund, actually intentionally um, inviting people to give to the fund as well. Um, and um, so we uh, um, use that to help to offset uh, the cost of care. So uh, many young families uh, may not have resources. Um, and, uh, and so we're able to, to offset that care and also grant pediatric wishes um, with this. Now, the B. Haley Fund, um, we also uh, can grant patient wishes with that as well. So we do um, help with basic needs. Um, the, the vast majority of what we use it for is... Um, you know, that anything from food to um, housing expenses, things like that. But um, we also help to, to, you know, sometimes patients, um, even in their later years, there are things that they um, really want to mark off their their bucket list. And Mm -hmm. we're able to grant some of those wishes as well. So um, these are two just really great funds um, that are completely donor supported. um, And it's just, it's it's honestly so much fun um, to be able to Work with um, our social workers and um, and provide um, whether it's basic support or um, you know granting wishes um, to our patients, um, all because of the you know the donors like the Stone Streets, um, who um, who wanted to make that happen.
1: That is excellent. And just a little trivia: I sat next to Eric Stone Street at a Chiefs game uh, last mm-hmm. year, so, mm-hmm.
3: he's a <laughs> so neat
1: guy. Th- that was kind of cool. He was really super nice, so mm-hmm. uh, you would never know he's a big, big-time celebrity. He was just as nice as could be. So, yes, so that's that's really cool. Uh, well, do you have any uh, j- just um, in, in the brief time that we have left, any client impact stories that you might want to share with our listeners?
3: Yeah, I think um, you know every time a, a social worker. Um, Uh, you know, is meeting with the family and they're talking about um, the different needs that they have, I really leave it up to them to decide what's going to make the most impact um, for this family and um, or for this patient or for their family member. And um, so they'll come with, um, you know, some some kind of unique um, and different you know requests. and um, we try to grant those um, whenever possible, um, because I you know we all we trust them. Um, we trust uh, the families that we're working with to know what's going to help them the most. And so um, most often, to be quite honest, that means um, groceries or um, you know, um, hygiene or um, cleaning supplies, things like that. A lot of people get by with not much. Um, and um, and we want them to be comfortable. and and you certainly don't want, a person, um, you know, who's facing serious illness, who's um, dying in their home or, you know, care, caregiving for their loved one, not to know where their next meal is coming from. And um, so that's, you know, that's probably our, our most frequently, um, frequent request. Um, but I will say, you know, some of the some of the really neat things that we've been able to do. Um, we had a, a little girl on service. um not super little, but she's, I think she was 15 at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She was on, on service. Um, She had kind of made her peace that, you know, she was going to die. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, her request was actually to, plant a garden, um, uh, with her mother that her mother would have when she, um, when she, to remember her by when she passed on. Oh wow. Um, and, uh, so they, they planted a tree outside of her window, um, planted this garden together and, um, and she did end up, um, dying the, the next year. Um, which I, I think about her often, um, and, um, just, uh, her family and, and, you know, it wasn't much. It wasn't a lot of money. Most of these are a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. But they just... Um, it they means make a, a just, lot, though. Yeah, they just make such a huge difference for these families.
1: Well, thank you so much for that story. And David and Karen, you've just provided us with some inspiring stories and information and factual resources I think will really help our audience better understand the distinction of nonprofit hospice care and its value to the family. So uh, if people have additional questions about the topics discussed today... Uh, David, where can they go? They can uh, give us a call or they can go to our website,
2: which is kchospice.org. They can also call us at 816-363-2600, and um, we'd be happy to answer any questions.
1: Okay, and then we'll have some links uh, at uh, at org. I'll also have some links at seniorcarelive.com, and that way uh, just, just make an informed decision. That's what all this is about. But uh, in, in Kansas City, uh, I always, always refer to KC Hospice, and um, I always have and I always will, and I, I feel really good about that. So uh, so check it out and just make sure you get with the right hospice provider and david and karen thanks so much for being here today and just helping me set the record straight this excellent information i i really appreciate it thank you thanks steve good to be here today all right i'm steve keeker and i wish you grace and peace may god bless you and your family on this day and always join me next week right here on senior care live